Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Robin Washit. Blissful ignorance, I think. It could be an advantage here. Robin Washit. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a ball guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be absolutely huge. The hot cake. He is Robin Washit of Husker Online, and he joins us right now on Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Robin, good afternoon. Is it snowing where you're at? It is snowing where I'm at. It's a uh, blizzardy, fun continuation of what has been a, a really fun week for everybody. Yeah, the snowflakes are rather large outside of our window right now, which isn't making me feel good. As uh, I'll have to drive home in like two and a half hours. Yeah, there was a point where the wind blew so hard that I, I like noticeably looked out the window. I was like, oh, that's like a full-blown blizzard out there. So <sighs> caught me by surprise. Awesome. Can't wait for that. Uh, well, uh, speaking of sad news, Robin, let's talk about last night. Um, is it? I want to ask you this to start the conversation. Is it possible to separate the Gary injury from the loss? Because, um, you know, what I found interesting about it in the immediate short term was, like, it didn't lead to, like, a full-on uh, full meltdown. Like, they in- extended their lead at that point in time. And, and Jack and I have had, you know, a few conversations on the show today. Like, how much of the loss is, is making him sad and depressed and how much of it is just the long-term prospects and the injury itself? Is it possible to separate that injury from the game? Um, I guess maybe to an extent because you're right. Uh, he got hurt. Oh, uh, what was it? With about maybe like 13 minutes left in regulation, and you know Nebraska was up by 11. You know, almost six minutes after the fact. So, you know, they they were still in plenty good position uh, with under eight minutes left to play to win that game. But uh, the direct correlation there is you want to look at all the offensive rebounds Rutgers got down the stretch. Nebraska coincidentally did not have its best rebounder on the floor. And then you, know, you pair that with Josiah Alec fouling out. Uh, you know, they were already having a tough time keeping up on the glass. You take those two guys out of the equation, uh, that really put Nebraska at a disadvantage and in a lot of ways turned the course of that game just with the number of second-chance opportunities Rutgers seemingly got on every possession. So it wasn't the exclusive reason they lost, but it played a part. I mean, Juwan Gary is so critical in so many different layers to what Nebraska does. And when you take him out, um, especially on the road where Nebraska has enough uh, adversity it's trying to overcome, uh, that, that just uh, makes an already difficult task even even more tough to, to manage. 
Robin, a quick question to start out. I, I mean, I made assumptions about how serious it was. I mean, it was kind of self-evident from how it looked. Is there, I mean, I, I know it's, there hasn't been anything official, but is there any reason to believe that it isn't anything than the worst possible outcome right now? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just, I went back and kind of rewatched the TV broadcast of that and just looking at everybody's faces at that moment. I mean, Juwan Gary, like weeping into the shoulder of the trainer that's carrying him to the locker room and the trainer going over to Fred Hoiberg and the look like he'd seen a ghost after that conversation. So it, yeah. it certainly doesn't look good. And yeah. Again, you're right. You don't want to jump to conclusions. You know, maybe they just, they assume the worst and testing is going to show that maybe it's not so bad, but based off what we know, uh, it's, it's hard not to, to jump to the worst case scenario there. And if that is the case, that is, so unfortunate on so many levels, not just for Nebraska's sake and, and what this is going to do for their season, but this will be the third season-ending injury Juwan Gary has potentially oh. suffered, if, if it is the worst case. He got he blew his ACL in high school. He obviously had the shoulder uh, last year, and now this. You know, we'll, we'll see what it is, but, I mean, that's just so much for, for one guy to have to continuously overcome. And, and you look at it from Nebraska's standpoint, you know, I, I just talked about you know, there's, there's no player on their roster that does as many things well as Juwan Gary does. You know, you can make a case for like Bryce Williams, Rick Mast, but you know, he's one of their top scorers at almost 12 points per game. He's their leading second leading rebounder. He leads them in steals. He leads them in blocks. I mean, he does everything. And just that, that athleticism and ability to defend on the perimeter just as much as he can in the paint. Like there's, there's no one player on the roster that can simulate everything that Juwan does. And so this, you know, they, they do have at least some depth to fall back on, but it's going to take a collective Jeez. effort. There, there's not a plug-and-play replacement there for however long Juwan might be out. Uh, and it's it's a significant blow uh, just for this for this season and, you know, potentially the rest of the way. You're confirming my grief on, on everything here, Robin, unfortunately. Uh, who, who, are the guy, uh, who are the guy, who are the guys who are going to have the most um, – significantly increased role because of this injury yeah well i mean josiah alec he's already been playing a bunch but you know his his role just got a whole lot bigger just because that's one less post defender nebraska can rotate in um and with that matar jope is probably gonna uh see more minutes he checked in late uh last night and you know ready or not he's gonna have to play now the the interesting thing here is you know, Fred's been talking seemingly all year that they're still holding out hope that Blaze Cade can come back. Um, as of last week, uh, there had been no update as far as any progress he's made in, in actually doing full team on court activity. But they still, at least as far as uh, I had heard a week ago, had not closed the door on that possibility of him playing um, at some point this season. So. You know, maybe that's something where now, um, given the new circumstances, they kind of push the envelope a little bit more with him and say, you know what, you're you're going to be sore, but <laughs> we need you. And so, like, if you can add Blaze in in any respect to that equation, that certainly helps. Just if nothing else, with your rebounding and rim defense. But you know, again, it's it's going to take all those guys. You know, C.J. Wilcher is going to have to play more and probably play more at the four uh, than he had been playing. Um, and so, you know, Bryce Williams is probably going to have to play in some lineups more at the four. So it's, 
again, it's it's going to take everybody. You know, there's not one guy that says this 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 is the guy Nebraska is going to lean on. I think all those guys I mentioned are going to have to kind of pick up the slack and shoulder more responsibility to try to try to replicate all the things that Jawan Gary did for this team. Robin Wash at HuskerOnline.com joining us right now on the 42 Degrees, the source hotline. Robin, I'm going to present two things that, that I mean, you wrote about and everyone's talked about the, since the, the game last night as like, which was the, the bigger deal? And, and I feel like there's an obvious answer, but but maybe not. So you as you described them, the unthinkable 25 offensive rebounds allowed, they led to 22nd half 22nd uh, chance points. Was that the bigger problem or was it the long stretches without points or field goals made in the first and second half? Again, like I feel like the obvious answer is the latter just because you need to score to win basketball games. But goodness gracious, all of those offensive rebounds, Jack and I were running through some of the other losses. That's like this through line that you just find in, in all of them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to you know say one was the, the clear answer because they both were like absolutely detrimental to Nebraska's chances. You know, when the other team shoots 12 more shots than you, Rutgers shot it 78 times. Like, Rutgers does not shoot the ball 78 times unless they're getting multiple shots on every single possession. Like, they're one of the slowest tempo teams in the country. And so that in itself, I mean, for a bad offensive team to get that many looks, uh, you know, that that puts you in a real bad spot. Uh, So that, like, that in itself was a pretty steep hill for Nebraska to try, try to climb over. But then, you know, the, the offensive issues, I mean, they just look so disjointed. They couldn't buy a bucket. They, um, you know, it, it was funny too, because, you know, Casey comes out in the second half, scores seven of their first 11, and then he checks out and sits for almost eight minutes. CJ Wilcher comes out and hits back-to-back three-pointers and then hits a couple free throws uh, to put Nebraska up 11, and then he checks out for uh, almost six full minutes and doesn't come back into the game until 26 seconds left. So, you know, you got to wonder, like, two of the guys that were actually putting the ball through the hoop sat for extended minutes in that second half, and I get that they kind of rotate in um, with each other, and, you know, one's, one's in, one's out. But in that situation, when the offense is playing that poorly and no one else is seemingly able to uh, make a basket, you know, that maybe would have been a – uh, a thing in retrospect to put those two guys on the floor together. I don't know. I'm not a coach, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a clear answer of what was the bigger issue for Nebraska because they were just both equally such crippling things that, uh, you know, really gave them very little chance to win that game, as, especially as things unfolded uh, and got worse and worse down the stretch. Robin, I think one of the things that um, that I, I'm thinking about to comfort myself is, as you mentioned, this happened with John Gary last year. A week later, it happens with Emmanuel Bandamel last year. Felt like the same thing, right? It felt like the the season was really significantly changed. Nebraska goes on to play its best basketball after that happens last year. Um, what does it, it, it – and I guess looking back on that, was that – was there a change in style when they did that? I think there was. I know some guys got more minutes because of it. I don't know if they can or how they duplicate it, but if if we come back and say, hey, they ended up looking good, like my despair about this whole thing might have been a little bit overblown, why will that be? What does what what is that, as, as best as you can, paint that picture for us to give us a little bit of hope here as we look through the rest of the season? Yeah, so – Going back to last year, when those two injuries happened, Nebraska had no choice but to become a different team. 
And, you know, really looking back on last year, it was almost two, two separate seasons where they were um, one identity through basically the first half of the year and then had to completely shift to another identity for the back stretch. And, you know, that, that kind of forced their hand to where, you know, they, they weren't going to be picky with Casey Tominaga's minutes because they couldn't afford to, you know, he, he played, you know, upwards of 30, 35 minutes a game uh, over the last month and a half. And by zero coincidence, he becomes an all conference level player. So, you know, but with, with losses like that comes opportunity for others. Um, you know, certainly Nebraska has other guys that are capable of, um, you know, carrying the load with, you know, Williams, Casey, um, you know, Mass. You know, he just played a, probably his worst game of the season. Uh, Josiah Alec has had probably two of his best games in Big Ten play the last two outings. And so, you know, you want to keep that going. Um, you know, DJ Wiltshire, he's one of your most veteran Big Ten players uh, on the roster. So, you know, they, they have other options. But the question is, you know, how much is that group and then who else is going to step up and, and rise to the occasion like uh, the cast last year did when they were faced uh, against similar injury-related adversity. So that's it's going to be a big challenge now um, going forward, uh, you know, starting on Saturday. This is a, a critical game at home uh, with the alumni weekend and all the players back in attendance, Danny Nee in the house. Like Having lost three of your last four and doing so in such weird fashion to where you get blown out and lose to such ugly games on the road and then sandwiched in between there is an upset of the number one team in the nation. Like, Nebraska needs to figure out who they are. They're a completely different team at home, and they need to play like it. This is a game they have to win to get some, uh, you know, stability back on their side. Uh, kind of get this skid behind them and turn the page to, you know, probably similar to last year. What will be a different looking group going forward uh, if Juwan Gary is to miss extended time? Robin, one more before we let you go. You think we're done talking about this team as a potential tournament team, or, or why could that opinion right now, I guess, look bad in hindsight? No, I don't think so. I mean, they certainly have work to do, and uh, their positioning uh, got a whole lot worse over the last couple of weeks. But, um, you know, I still think that if they, and again, this goes back to my point about defending home court, if they're able to do that and, you know, find a way to actually get one of these road games, um, you know, I think that their resume, we take it for what it's worth, but on the broadcast last night, Jeff Settles, before the game was even over, said that he, he thought Nebraska was a tournament team because of what they had already accomplished. And now uh, it's just a matter of getting wins, winning at home, and still you know trying to get one of those or probably a couple of those elusive Big Ten road wins. And so the opportunity is still very much there. I, mean, I don't think we're closing the book on the postseason just yet, but you know they, they got to figure it out and they got to figure it out quickly because the more losses you have, like last night, like the Iowa game, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that hill gets a whole lot uh, more difficult to climb, um, You know, especially given the potential situation they're in with their roster and their lineup. Robin Washett, HuskerOnline.com. You can read all of his work there, a part of the On3 network. And, and Robin, sadly, not in Hawaii with his cohorts. Uh, I hope that, that you force them to buy you like a nice steak dinner or something when, when they return. Yeah, the best part is they're telling me about how they're like taping their podcast poolside in shorts while I'm sitting there shoveling <laughs> my driveway for the 17th time like yeah, uh, uh, hope at least I got my trip to Iowa City, and you guys got that. <laughs> absolute monsters, life, a Nebraska basketball writer, I guess. Yeah, they are absolute <laughs> monsters. Robin, thanks as always yeah. for joining us, man. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, stay warm.
Yeah, you too, guys. See you later. All right, Robin joining us here on the 42 Degrees, the source hotline. How do you feel, Jack, about what he had to say there um, in terms of making the tournament or, or those types of things? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, the, the very last answer it just, maybe just gave me a little, just a, maybe just like the seedling of the thought mm. of it. Maybe that's the seedling that will be growing. Yeah. It just settles opinions on Nebraska's resume as attorney team. Maybe that's maybe Robin's the final boys. answer boys. is what I needed to get. What the interesting thing, Josh, in all honesty, is going to be is if they would pull it off on Saturday. Like, <clears throat> how much How much does that change the way that you're feeling? Because then I think they back up and they've got that home game against Ohio State right after that. Um, if they get both of those, obviously you feel significantly different than you do right now. But if they if they lose on Saturday, it starts to tailspin, right? Yeah. Uh, at least in terms of what we're thinking. I What I'm really curious is if they would pull that off on Saturday against Northwestern, how different do I feel on on Saturday night after after that is over about the future. I don't know the answer right now. It kind of depends how it looks and, you know, who kind of looks good in that kind of a situation. But that'll be really interesting to see. Hopefully they get a win so we can, even, like, a- address that situation. Yeah, uh, certainly. All right, when we return, so we're going to get to uh, – we're going to get to our retrospective on 2006 and weather. But John Bishop is also in the green room. John Bishop. And so we'll see, see what's going on with John – um, as he checks in, and, and hopefully his internet connection is fine at the hotel. So who knows? We're, this is an internet show. This is the future. What? Oh, no. No one ever being together, everyone being in separate locales. I don't think I like that. Yeah, well, that's how it's going to be, Nick. That's how it's going to be. It's still snowy. Stay safe out there. In yeah, all seriousness. I hear the roads kind of suck right Dodge now, Dodge looks like garbage. Be it careful. Looks, it looks horrible out there right now. <laughs> so stay safe. Stay safe. Not very good. Jack Mitchell in today for John Bishop, who will be joining us when we return. I'm Josh Peterson. It's Unsportsmanlike Conduct on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.